It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, of course, we welcome in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So yesterday we left off on the mailbag with a question by Michael Christopher. Michael also says, Manish keeps saying Becton wasn't the number one tackle on the Jets board. Has he said who it was between Wills or Thomas? And it obviously couldn't be that big of a gap if it was Wills because they had the opportunity to trade up to nine and didn't. So if they wanted Wills, they could have had him for the price of a third-round pick. Obviously, they valued Wills and Becton close enough. So here's what I'll say. From what I've gathered... Andrew Thomas wasn't the guy that was at the top of their board. Part of it is because Thomas is a better run blocker than pass blocker. Again, this is just reading the tea leaves, but I think it was Wills that they had as their number one tackle. And I think that it was Wills and Becton that they really wanted. I think they viewed Thomas as a steady guy, but not really a top-end pass blocker, which is what they value. I think they saw Wirfs as a guard. It was Becton and Wills that they saw as potential long-term answers at tackle. Wills will obviously have to convert to left tackle, but they probably felt that he could do it. But they probably felt that the gap between Becton and Wills wasn't enough that it was worth surrendering a valuable third-round pick. I think they would have done it if only one of the two was still there. But I think that Wills was probably number one on their board in terms of tackles. Becton, number two. Yeah, I think it was Wills too. Um, for everything you said, but I'm I'm not sure. I also, admittedly, have not uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. And by not a lot of time, I mean zero seconds. <laughs> um, so you know, I I, I know that uh, people do like that information, but it's usually it's it's hard to get that information this close uh, out and and actually know and trust it. Um, and then with everything else going on, it was just so low on my list. But I do think just from the what they are looking for in the offensive line, men, and what we've seen, even from the fan signing and then taking Becton, um, you know, I, I thought um, I thought they were going to end up taking Worfs when the pick came up. Um but they didn't, and they went with the more high upside athletic freak in Beckton. Um, but I, I just think with you look at the guys that they brought in on the offensive line, Wills fits that profile the best uh, of where he would probably be the, the number one choice of that pick. But I, I also think that most likely 
those four of them were graded pretty tightly together. Next question comes in from Rick. He says, have the owners already given up on the season by restricting spending? No, I don't think so. I think they're being cautious because obviously there are a lot of question marks, but I do think they are operating under the assumption that the season is going to happen, but you never know. So they're being extra careful with the amount of money that they spend, no kinds of long-term spending and no major money. And I think that's a big part of what's going on with Logan Ryan with the Jets too, is that they want to be careful with how much they shell out, even on a one-year deal at this point. Yeah, this is really a perfect storm of uh, working against them uh, because it's not just the pandemic and everything going on and not knowing if there's going to be a season or not. But the CBA, uh, the salary cap, there was supposed to be a huge explosion. And now if they're not making money from this year, no one knows what the salary cap's going to look like going forward. Um, So you don't want to see people, uh, you know, lock somebody up to a long-term deal and then the salary cap's dramatically lower. And then all of a sudden that deal, it looks crazy. Um, So it's really a perfect storm there. And then there's also the, uh, I I saw the other day that, uh, you know, baseball, they had the, the contract, the fourth majeure contract where they can institute a season against the player's will. And then, like, you know, they can choose to sit out, but they're not getting paid. The NFL has no such language in the CBA there. So they cannot force a season like that. So if for some reason they have to miss the season or the season doesn't count, then all of a sudden everything's going to get set back a year. And just it's going to muddy things even more. And I think teams – NFL teams don't like the unknown. They don't like stuff like that. They want uh, to stick with everything, status quo, as much as possible. So I just think that's is a perfect storm of everything working against them right now. Next question comes in from Michael Pallas. He says, I think tight end is slowly becoming the most important receiving option league-wide. What do you think of this? I don't think so. I mean, the guy who plays tight end could be your most important wide receiving option, depending on who you have on the roster. And obviously, having an awesome tight end gives you an incredible advantage matchup-wise. We saw that for years with Gronkowski. We've seen it with Travis Kelsey. I think the tight end can be the most important receiving piece in your offense, but I don't think it's anything that's going to be universal. Yeah, it depends on how good of a tight end we're talking about here. But... I don't think he's – as much as I, I lean close to you, I don't think he's off there either because when you have a really good tight end, especially a top five uh, you know, tight end, that opens it up for everything else. And the tight end's the easiest uh, for the quarterback to hit on sh- shorter routes. You can bust them out, open up down the seam. Um, and it just has such a, a – effect on everybody else around the team especially if you got a tight end that can also block and he can help in the running game um but you know if i if i'm gonna get to choose between you know a healthy julio jones and travis kelsey or george kittle i'm probably still leaning julio jones michael also asks if the ncaa cancels the college football season None of the underclassmen 2021 seniors lose a year of eligibility, 
and a large percentage of them choose not to enter the NFL draft, do you think the league would shorten the draft or cancel it entirely? No, I think that they would have a draft as usual because it's a huge ratings getter, a big event, and they would want to do all of that. They would proceed. It certainly wouldn't be as exciting as it would be if all those players were in the draft. But I also think that as many of the underclassmen that had really awesome seasons the year before that would have really high stock would still come out. Guys like Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, some of those guys are going to want to stay and improve their stock. But the guys who probably would have been drafted really high in this past draft if they were eligible, they'll still come out if they're allowed to leave. Take this opportunity to abolish the draft. <laughs> Get rid of it. Get rid of the draft. It is a bad idea. It is an antiquated idea and abolish the draft and let's take this opportunity to do it, but it will not ever happen and the NFL will absolutely go through with it. Um, the NFL is not passing that up and yeah, there's going to be some players that are going to be, I, I need to put their tape up and get there. But all those players, a lot of the players that are eligible, they're going to go and they're going to go regardless. And I do not blame them one bit. And then especially with everything going on in schools around the country right now um, with players, you know, uh, standing up against some coaches uh, a way that universities are showing how little they care about them with the coronavirus stuff. I think a lot of players are going to be, you know what? I'm, I'm just gone. And, um, and I, I won't be surprised if they try to, you know, the season doesn't get canceled, but it's looking sketchy. Some players would just be like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm just going to hold out and wait and go into the draft. Uh, There's really nothing that could surprise me there except the NFL just saying, hey, we won't do a draft this year. That's not going to happen because the same reason why they're going to do everything they can to get the season going. They want all the money they can get, and they won't stop. Uh, They won't settle for a single penny less. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Bear Lover. He says, whose giant step forward would be more beneficial to the Jets in 2020? Quinn and Williams or Frank Pollock? Quinn and Williams, obviously, because, yeah, you want Frank Pollock to step up his game as a coach, but it all comes down to talent in the end. And Quinn and Williams is the guy that, if he plays to his capabilities, could be one of the key pieces on this team for the next decade. So no question, Quinn and Williams over Frank Pollock. Okay, but play devil's advocate here. Um, if we're talking Frank Pollock, Frank Pollock has the opportunity to, to improve five positions, which actually improves six positions because it improves and helps Darnold. Um, so it, 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 I, I could make an, a case for that. Uh, I could make an argument that realistically it's going to be Quinton Williams, especially because he has more direct impact on uh, the field because, you know, Frank Pollock doesn't actually play on the field. Uh, but I could make a case that it, Frank Pollock would have a, an impact on more positions um, and that could help there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it's Quinn and Williams. Next question comes in from Tim. He says, gentlemen, I know you like British television shows. What do you think is the best British TV show that was turned into an American show? Also, what do you think is the best spinoff of all time? Ooh, interesting questions. So the most successful British show that was turned into an American show was certainly The Office. I don't think that that's even in doubt. I'd have to really sit down and think about shows that were British that came over here, were adapted, and what my personal favorites are. But certainly the most successful is The Office. As far as spinoffs, there have been some really cool spinoffs over the years. The most successful one, I think, and you could debate this, but Frasier stands out to me because it had a really long run. And it's crazy because you knew they were going to try and spin off a character from Cheers, and it could have been almost anybody. Frasier wasn't even that popular a character on the original series. He sort of showed up midway through the run, stuck around a little bit. He wasn't one of the main guys the way that Cliff and Norm were. Certainly not Sam, who they maybe could have spun off into something, but they went with Frasier. They went in an interesting direction, and it worked like gangbusters, and it turned out to be one of the best sitcoms of all time. I don't know if Frasier was my favorite spinoff. It's certainly one of my favorites, but I think it's probably the most successful of all time. There are a couple of others. Obviously, Maud was very successful, and so was the Jeffersons, and I'd have to think of a bunch of others. Lou Grant, Rhoda. There have been plenty of successful spinoffs over the years, but I would say Frasier's probably the most successful, or at least right in the running. One of my favorites, and also I would say that absolutely the answer to this question is not Joey, because that show was terrible, and it lasted for like a month. 
it's not Joey, but also, you know, Friends is kind of trash as well. So. Yes, true. Um, you know, I spinoffs, let's see. Well, first with the British show, I mean, The Office is definitely the most successful. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something uh, I, at English show. I, it's it's right on my brain, but I can't remember what it is. That was, um, but for the spinoffs, um, Frasier is obviously a good one. Uh, you know, I'll go uh, keep it old school. Uh, go with a different world. Um, that that was a really good one. And then a a, uh, a modern one, uh, Better Call Saul, because I think mm-hmm. I enjoy Better Call Saul more than I enjoyed uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, so that 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 is an excellent spinoff and I, I, I do genuinely believe that it's better than breaking bad was. Um, I'm having trouble with that British show though. I can't, I can't think of what the other one I'm thinking of. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm forced to give the office as my answer, even if that's a boring answer. I'll tell you one British show that flopped badly here in the States because they remade it terribly, but it was hilarious if you go back and watch the original. It was called Coupling. NBC tried to do an Americanized version of it. They thought it was going to be a big hit because it did so well in Britain, but the casting was terrible. The way that they tried to redo the show didn't work. It didn't click, and so it didn't last for more than like a month or two. But if you watch the original British series, absolutely hysterical. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I, I I did see. I remember watching. I saw the 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 you know it was coming out, and I watched the show, and I was like, oh my god, what is this? And I watched like <laughs> two episodes, and was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. That's a recommendation for you, Chris. If you get a chance, I think you would like it. Funny show. And if you haven't seen Coupling, you should watch it too. We're still working on Deadwood, by the way. We talked about this on the Daily DVR podcast with Axel. I haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet because of the fact that my internet hasn't really been cooperating. And Chris has had some issues with HBO Go, which is now turned into HBO Now or HBO Max or whatever it is. So he's only gotten through a couple of episodes, but we are working on it and we're hoping that we're going to have Deadwood done soon enough, hopefully within the next month or so, and then we'll be able to talk about it. But I am looking forward to jumping in on that one. Also, Sons of Anarchy is another one that I've now been pushed into binge watching. So I think that's probably going to be right there on the list right after Deadwood. And with that, Chris, perfect place to end the mailbag. Thanks so much for joining me as always. Really appreciate it. I'm sure you've got plenty of stuff over at JetsInsider.com as we are now this close to NFL training camp, or at least that's what it looks like right now. What are you working on over at JetsInsider.com? Yeah, well, as much as I still have my doubts about them being able to pull off the season, especially the whole season, they are definitely going to be going through a training camp. So I am going to be starting very soon, uh, probably this week, on going through a training camp roster, uh, you know, position battles and going through that, trying to handicap all the position battles and look for the weak points in the teams. And that that's what's going to start now because we are barreling down to the time of training camp starting. And with the way that time is flying um, and during this quarantine is going to be here before I know it. So I'm going to start pumping that out real soon um, because it's time. It's going to be here. And I keep sitting there saying, I don't see how they're going to do it. I don't see how they're going to do it. But I know they're going to try. So I guess I'm going to have to prepare for them to do it just in case they are able to pull it off. 
Make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't had the opportunity to check out what I've been working on over at JetsXFactor.com, please go ahead and read that. It's a long-form look at the 2008 New York Jets with the help of Kerry Rhodes, and eventually it's going to be turned into an audio documentary that you can only get by subscribing to JetsXFactor.com, although we may work on a way for you to get that without the subscription. We'll have more details on that at some point. If you haven't given this show a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you can go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. Let's turn on the Jets digital and turn on the Jets.com.